This is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels along with the heavy metal rebel Frankie Kazarian and the violent delight Scorpio Sky. Collectively known as SoCal Uncensored or SCU. And this is the worst podcast I've ever been on. That's Cassio's cut, y'all. Hey, if you can't get enough Cassio, check him out at his real job. Yeah, the one that actually pays the bills. Listen to the Jimbo and Cassio Morning Show live 6 to 10 a.m. Central on TheRocket951.com. 81% of people in relationships say it really impresses them when their partner cooks for them. So they figured out the 10 most romantic home-cooked meal. Soup. No. There's nothing romantic about soup. (laughs) Can you imagine? So, how's your day? <laughs> you know, there's nothing romantic about that <laughs> whatsoever. Soup and burgers, those are just practical. How's, uh, how's that vegetable soup? Mm, tastes like a bunch of vegetables. <laughs> and some salt. And maybe some chicken broth. Or did you use tomato juice? <laughs> this is fabulous. I love you. <laughs> you know, there's just nothing... It's just not the most romantic meal you could ever have. Shout out to everybody listening to this on the promo today. <laughs> Listen live online or download the Rocket app for your tablet or smartphone. Just search WRTT Rocket 95.1 in the Apple or Google Play Store. What's up, Candy Lickers? Pleased to meet you. Nice to know me. What you doing? You're listening to another edition of Casio's Cut. Hey, Cap, look at me. Let's burn down the school with gasoline. Say, hell yeah. Say, white trash. White trash. Hey, Cap, it's party time. We're kicking out the jams like the MC5. Lickers, hope you are washing your hands and you are corona-free way to be here in 2020. Appreciate you tuning in. If you are new, appreciate you joining us. It's going to be a weird ride. Enjoy it. We are joined by my good buddy, comedian, and now operations manager at Stand Up Live Comedy Club in Huntsville, Alabama, Mr. Tom Hand. We will talk to him in just a little bit. Of course, like a lot of small businesses, The staffs are hurting here during the quarantine time for Corona. And the staff down at Stand Up Live Huntsville has always been good to me. And I want to be good to them if I can. So uh, we have Tom on. I know he can handle himself. He can be entertaining. He's a comedian. And also, uh, we've got some ways. If you are in a position to help out, I know some of you that are listening, hey, it's tougher times than others for a lot of us. Some of you. You might still have your job rock and rolling, might have a little bit of expendable income, and you want to give back and see how you can help out. Well, Stand Up Live Comedy Club is today's calls, and I would encourage you, if you do have anything, any little bit helps, it all goes to the staff there. We're going to give you some ways to do that. There's a link in the bio of this episode, wherever you're looking. It's on our social media, at Casio's Cut. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Casio's Cut. You'll see that link to how you can donate to straight to the staff at Stand Up Live Huntsville. Uh, you can Venmo them. Hey, it's 2020 Venmo. That is Stand Up Live Dash Hunts. 
H-U-N-T-S, standuplive-hunts. If you're on Venmo, you can just straight up donate it there. Or we also have a live show that's going out. No matter where you're listening from, you can watch it live. Uh, If you are listening to this podcast the week it's released, you can watch the show Friday the 24th at 7 p.m. on YouTube and on Facebook, and we'll tell you about that show. You can enjoy yourself, and it's free to the public to watch, but if you feel like donating, it'll go to the clubs, either Stand Up Live Huntsville or Zany's Nashville, both great comedy clubs. Both have taken care of me over the years, and so I want to help give back to them in any way I can. Now that we got the housekeeping away, let's bring in my good buddy, comedian and operations manager at Stand Up Live, Mr. Tom Hand. Tom, what's up, buddy? How are you, sir? Thanks for joining me, man. Uh, we are ironically uh, within a couple miles of each other and still social distancing. <laughs> Welcome to 2020. Thanks for having me, sir. <laughs> I appreciate it. So first, before we get into the countdown real quick, like I mentioned before, Tom is the operations manager at Stand Up Live Huntsville. And uh, just talk about, Tom, uh, You talk about how life has changed at the club specifically uh, since all this has went down. Uh, oh, man. Um, well, the big change is obviously that we're not doing shows right now, that uh, we are... We're we're waiting to be safe, and then <laughs> we're also in discussions about how safety will look and when uh, when an appropriate time would be to reopen. Uh, the biggest change really is that uh, instead of focusing on our customers and trying to figure out what we're going to do advertising wise and all this all this like normal hoopla that we do for every week. Right now, we're primarily focused on our employees. We've been going in once a week and uh, taking stock out of the freezer and cooking meals for the staff so that they get one free cooked meal by uh, me or uh, the general manager every week just so they get something different in their diet, something that they didn't have to cook themselves. And uh, all the PPP stuff, trying to make sure that we have uh, funds for them and that uh for the first week it was do you got toilet paper we got toilet paper if you need toilet paper (laughs) and now it's like are you alive do you want cheese sticks what can we get you the most do you like wings Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know that's that's kind of the the capsule of everybody basically in a small business you go from thinking about your customers to now we don't have any customers so how can we all survive this thing together as a staff employees employer so uh and um you know i'm I'll, i was lucky enough to get to to see that and i know you guys personally so and somebody everybody out there listening knows somebody that's if not if you don't know anybody that's affected by corona uh you, then you know somebody who is uh, affected as job wise so uh you know we want to get through this thing together which is why there's a link in the bio for this podcast wherever you're listening to it at uh, where you can uh, go fund me for the staff, all that. Uh, Tom, you can explain it better than me, but all those funds at the GoFundMe or the Venvo, Venmo is uh, basically going all to the staff there at Stand Up Live Huntsville Comedy Club. Every donation that comes in goes straight to the staff. We split it evenly amongst them. Management doesn't touch it. It doesn't get stepped on in any way, form, or fashion. It goes straight to the staff. We've also been doing live streams on our YouTube channels, 
okay. which you can find through our Facebook. And uh, we do those to give people entertainment and to hopefully uh, solicit some more donations for our staff because most of our staff it, are servers and bartenders and they work on a tip-based economy. So even their unemployment doesn't really cover what they normally would make, what their expenditures are. This gets split between them and the cooks and uh, the cleaning staff and everybody else. But any little donation helps. Uh, a lot of servers don't have very good uh, like uh, uh, societal fringe benefits. Mm -hmm. So any couple dollars that somebody can throw out, we really, really appreciate. And uh, yeah. And these shows are streaming uh, that they can watch. Like you said, you get a little entertainment. Uh, but you're at your home, you're social distancing, you're helping out, you're getting super entertained. These have been super fun shows. You've had comedy shows, you've had game shows. I know if you're listening to this, the week it comes out, uh, which is April 21st, uh, you've got a big one uh, this weekend with, with John Hamm involved uh, talking about hockey. Yeah, so this week we're doing uh, Bumps, Bruises, and Bedtime Stories, and uh, we have a special guest host, John Hamm. Uh, he used to work with uh, some of the guys that uh, are going to be on there. This is it's kind of hockey themed in that these are uh, like they know each other through hockey. Uh, these are uh, hockey broadcasters and players, and they're telling stories about uh, they're telling stories that generally start with hockey. But honestly, even if you don't care about hockey, these are funny, engaging people telling real stories about a situation and a type of environment that most of us never get to experience. <laughs> I was about I to say, I was about to say, I, I you know, I, I kind of know hockey uh, worked with, you know, the Huntsville Havoc here in Huntsville, but I, I think it's even cooler if you're not that big of a fan, cause you get a peek behind into these players and uh, a world you literally have no idea about. Yeah. Right. Like look at all those hockey movies that they've made, uh, going back to Paul Newman and stuff. And even if you don't care about hockey that much, these things are interesting. This, this kind of environment is interesting. And they, these guys have been doing it for a very long time. Plus this week, even if you don't care about hockey, you get to stare at John Hamm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bumps, bruises, and bedtime stories. If you're listening to this, the week it releases, that'll come out live stream. Friday, April 24th, 2020 at 7 p.m. Central. And you can check it out um, online. You can go to uh, Zany's Nashville or you can go to Stand Up Live. It'll be on their YouTube um, uh, channel. It'll be streaming live and they can donate there. And if they, uh, as I understand it, if they say, hey, I'm, I'm, I want to donate to the Huntsville area, it'll go to you at Stand Up Live Huntsville, correct? Right. Uh, so the the information that we're going to put out and the things that I sent you, those are donations just to uh, stand up live Huntsville. Yeah, those links uh, are just straight up. Hey, I just got some money and I want to tip you. Yeah, it, it's basically that. And uh, there's there's ones for Zanies too. If someone's listening and they're a huge fan of Zanies, I know a lot of people even before we were open used to go up to Zanies all the time. Yeah. And uh, the last thing I want to say is that uh, they are soliciting questions. So if you have questions for John Hamm or any of the guys on uh, Bumps, Bruises, and Bedtime Stories, by all means, go on, ask your question, see if they'll answer it. When else are you going to get to talk to John Hamm? <laughs> exactly. Plus, you get hockey greats Stu Grimson, Jim McKenzie, and Kelly Chase, uh, and probably some more special guests along the way. They're going to have fun, answer your questions, 
And of course, it goes to a great cause, taking care of these uh, servers and staff of the comedy clubs that have provided us with so much entertainment. Now we get to take care of them as well for Stand Up Live Huntsville. And like you heard Tom say, Zanies Nashville. So that'll be Friday, April 24th, 7 p.m. Central. It'll be a live stream, so check that out. And uh, take care of the staffs as they are going through a tough time like all of us. So if you're in a position to help them out, help them out. Now, Tom, uh, like I mentioned in the intro, you are a comedian as well, uh, which is kind of how you got drawn into the comedy club life, I take it. Yeah. Uh, so doing comedy shows around here, I had to learn how to run all the equipment and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's how I started off. And then also, uh, I've run shows for a long time, like not just been on the shows, but, Mm -hmm. uh, booked people and, uh, figured out times and, uh, come up with themes and things like that. So the combination of, uh, experience producing, and of running the equipment that's what got my foot in the door at the comedy club and then i just uh i just stayed they couldn't get rid of me (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean you were doing you were you're hosting you're emceeing i saw you doing you know the soundboard and everything and then of course uh rewarded by all your hard work now of course operations manager at stand-up live comedy club huntsville so this should be fun since you are a fellow comic as i run the countdown with you 10 questions 10 to 1 and, of course, all the questions kind of relating to the number it goes with. Are you ready, Tom Hand? Oh, is there a way to be ready for this? <laughs> no, there's not. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Thinking on your toes. Number 10, name something that's a perfect 10 in your life. Not many of those going around now as we are in Corona time, but what's something a perfect 10 in Tom Hand's life? Uh, I would say my anxiety is a perfect 10. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh I, I recently uh read a definition of anxiety and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's definitely me." Yeah. <laughs> so, wait, so it's is that level 10 or do you think you have a good balance of anxiety? It's a perfect 10. <laughs> oh no, that's level 10. No, level there's 10. nothing good about this. It's a 10 <laughs> out of a 10 on anxiety scale. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, like uh <laughs> All right. I, no- I, I, I'll put it to you this way. Uh, I was up very late last night uh, making sure that all my equipment was working. I triple checked it last night. I got up (laughs) earlier than I needed to today so that I could again, double check it before I came on. Like what gets you most anxious in life? What's something little that really sets Tom hand off? Everything. Uh, I've just (laughs) learned how to like cope with it (laughs) a little bit. I get anxious about, Every single thing. I think it, I honestly think that comedy is responsible for this. Uh, <laughs> comedy <laughs> made producing, you anxious? Yeah. When you're producing a show. Oh, yeah. If you're, you're in charge like, of it, yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, they're not here and we got to start in 30 minutes. Like they are, they are coming from three hours away and I haven't heard from them since three days ago. Like, where, what's going on? Who can I, whose time can I add to? can I get somebody down here in the next <laughs> 10 minutes? What am I going to tell these people? These people came to see this person. Uh, and then the cat, and say, then the comic usually just casually strolls in the back door and doesn't tell anybody he's there. And it's, it's chaos. Oh, at the, at the comedy club, it's, uh, there's been, uh, there's been three notable, uh, examples of this. Uh, one was, uh, when, 
a very big name had to cancel last minute and there were 300 people in the building mm-hmm. and i had What's to go last minute like day of or like night like minutes before the show minutes before the show oh gosh there's 300 people in the building waiting for the show to happen and then we get a call that uh that they canceled mm. for the whole entire weekend so i have to get on stage in front of 300 people and go Hey, everybody, I know you're here for happy fun times, but mm. nothing is good in the entire world. <laughs> oh, did you do you did it pre-show like we didn't we didn't get into MC and feature. We just immediately announced headliners out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did people leave? We, oh, yeah. Oh, that left and were mad and uh, were uh, cursing at me and the no. box office people. And oh, yeah, it's like, hey, guys, we don't we don't control what the comedian does. Like, yeah. I get, I get why you're upset, but there's nothing I can do. Uh, uh, there was that one. There was uh, another comedian. He has the best story for being late to a show I've ever heard. Uh, he was two hours late and the audience just sat there for two hours. Did they just did they run through the featured MC and then just went silent? Do you know what they do? No, 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 no. Because we knew he wasn't we knew he wasn't going to be there. So what we did was we offered them tickets to one of his other shows if they wanted to come back, or they could sit and wait. And uh, I'll tell you, he was two hours late. But when he came in the building, he literally walked in, set his coat down, walked up on stage, and murdered. Fire it was absolutely great. Uh, are you going to name drop on us or do you think that one's an, uh, I mean, that's a good story. That Brett Ernst, Brett Ernst. Guy. Great guy yeah. too. Very funny. Oh yeah. Very funny. And you, you can, uh, he's got a special called principal's office that I believe is free, uh, which he tells a story about if you go see him live, I think he still tells the story about why that's free, <laughs> which is Gosh. funny in itself. Um, but so the story for why he was late was, uh, he gets on a plane around noon LA time and he's got a show here at 7 PM. He gets on the first plane, the plane takes off. It has to redirect and come back in and land in LA. Cause like, as soon as they get up to cruising altitude, there's something wrong with the plane. So they come back, they land, they get everybody off. It takes a couple hours. They get back on the plane they take off. They're going. Everything's fine. He's got a flight from L.A. to Atlanta. They get halfway across the country, and some dude freaks out and punches another dude in the face. Oh. They have to divert to Houston and land so the guy can get arrested by marshals on the ground. <laughs> so he can get arrested. like that. He won that. We get <laughs> yeah. to land so yeah, he can he get arrested. Yeah, yeah. We don't want him to miss <laughs> Disneyland of prison. <laughs> The Houston, uh, yeah, that's federal stuff, too. That's going to be fun. Right. Uh, So now he's in Houston. There's no direct flight from Houston to Atlanta until, like, 8 p.m. that night. Uh, He has to go to – he's got to find, like, connecting flights and stuff. I think he ended up going from Houston to uh, Chicago, from Chicago to Atlanta, Atlanta to uh, Huntsville. And when he landed in Chicago – he was landing as his connecting flight took off. Oh. So, yeah, he was two hours late. We told everybody, everybody who was waiting on him, 
as soon as we knew he was going to be late, which was probably 30 minutes before, uh, 30, 45 minutes, maybe an hour before showtime, uh, is, you know how that is with, with someone's in the air and you don't know if they're going <laughs> right. to, uh, you know, and we, and we couldn't get, cause he's traveling and going through airports and stuff. So you don't have your phone on you like you normally would. So we're not sure if he's in the air from Atlanta or in the air from Chicago to Atlanta or if he's in the airports or or where he's at. We've got somebody at the airport. We're trying to call him. Uh, yeah, so as soon as we knew for a fact that it was going to be delayed significantly, but he was still going to be there, uh, I went out to every single person, went up to every single table and was like, first thing, let me say I apologize for what's happening Here's some free tickets to an upcoming show. Uh, because of plane delays. <laughs> oh, gosh. And by the yeah. way, nobody ever believes plane delays. I know. I don't I know. know why, I, I don't know why they get mad, but if it's, hey, his car broke down, they're still mad. Oh, I, I see the comments that people leave online. I'm the one who has to respond to them, and we get blamed for stuff that it's like, <laughs> how, how do you think – exactly what people go we had to wait outside and it was raining it's like yeah and 200 people were already inside because they got there two hours early so they wouldn't have to stand outside in the rain because it's been raining all day and we can't get the guy off stage for the show before you oh. like he's you're i it sucks to have to wait in the rain but he's going to give you a really good show and he's going to give you the same two and a half hour show that he's given to the uh audience in front of you I've did the that one time. Is, I've literally pulled up to club before and it was raining waiting on the second show. And I was just like, I will sit in the rafters, but I'm just going to stay in the car. I mean, yeah. if it bothers you that much, just stay in the car and then we'll, we'll get you in before the show. Yeah, for sure. We don't start the show until everyone's in and seated, <laughs> but we can't there. There are certain comedians and these, I won't name drop, uh, who, <laughs> who, especially on their, uh, on their last show of the weekend uh, late on Saturday or Sunday night, will get very drunk and stay on stage for three and a half hours, drunkenly rambling through stuff. <laughs> the re the reason you don't name, name drop those is we don't have enough time. That's a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bunch uh, of them. Unfortunately, uh, some that you'd suspect and well, some that you really wouldn't, but they, we get in trouble for that from the audience. And it's like, guys, I can't go, I don't have that big hook from the side of the stage <laughs> that I can pull them right. off. <laughs> like yeah. that's not a, that's not a thing we do. No I'm eggs, no vegetables, no hooks. We just got to let him finish. Yeah. On, on the good side of things, like when there are delays, like with Brett, uh, we do have a full kitchen so people could eat. We have a full bar. We have a hand juice. Uh, we, we do all of our own fruit juices. Uh, we make a bunch of stuff in the kitchen from from scratch. So we've got instead of being at a normal comedy club where all you've got is uh, bottled beer and 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 fried cheese sticks. No, this is a, a full yeah, this is a full blown nice restaurant. If there wasn't any comedy going on, it'd be a, just a great you know it's a great restaurant and full bar. So like you said, it's even without the entertainment, it's a great place to go. So at least you got that to fall back on. Yeah, yeah. At least you got nachos to eat while you're waiting. Like, and good nachos, good nachos that that we make from. I mean, we don't make the tortilla chips from scratch, but everything else. 
All right, number nine in Tom Hand's world. Name some, nine is, of course, German for no. So name something you've given up, something that's no more in 2020. Don't say social life because we've all given that up apparently for 2020. Uh, I am actively trying to give up procrastinating as much as I used to do. Okay. I, I think I've, I think I've done a good job on it. Uh, now it's probably because of the lack of social life <laughs> as much as anything, like trying nothing to, to procrastinate, procrastinate on. Yeah. It's like, Oh, well I could go to the bar or I could do this productive thing. Oh yeah. There's no bars right now. There's nowhere to go. <laughs> All right, so we we got we're we're giving up uh procrastination. Procrastinating. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so like uh I uh I have written uh written, filmed and started editing on uh on a series idea that I have for YouTube. Uh I've written some scripts for uh sketches and other things. Uh outlined a couple of other writing projects that I have coming up. Like I I have I feel bad a lot of times because i'm not working like 16 hours a day i'm not constantly doing something Mm -hmm. but i have to remind myself when i start feeling bad about it like no i've done stuff like i am getting things done it's okay to take a day and go today's gonna be my play video games and watch netflix day it's okay to do that. In fact, you have to do that if you're going to if your level of creativity and production is going to be worth anything, you have to have that. I just overdo it. Every day is video games and Netflix for me. That's my problem. <laughs> uh, number 8, what's the last thing you ate? Uh the last thing I ate was uh so the series I did for YouTube is a cooking show. Okay. And uh, we made dirty rice and, uh, I ate the last of my dirty rice. Like leftovers this morning. Yeah. Strong. Uh, oh, I, I love dirty rice. I love leftovers. My favorite thing to do with leftovers is to put a lot of hot sauce. Uh, Louisiana hot sauce is fantastic for this. Just dump a bunch of it on there. You get the flavor that you remember from the night before, and then you also get that wonderful like heat and punishment for being a bad boy. I can hear your tone change in the middle of that, how you were getting excited and loving talking about it, and then it ended perfectly to match your tone. You were talking sexy to it. I like it. All right, number seven. At seven years old, seven years old what did you want to be when you grew up? Okay, so they asked us this. Uh, they asked us this. They said, "Name three things you want to do when you grow up." And I said, "I wanted to be an astronaut, a mm-hmm. veterinarian, or a stand-up comedian." There you go. When I was 15 years old, I was too tall for even the Russian spacesuits. Yeah, you're 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 big. How tall are you? I'm six foot seven. Yeah, you're you're a big dude. They're we're, yeah. You, you don't know they don't make uh spacesuits that are capri pants that's what they would look like on you yeah that yeah and i kind of like to keep my ankles and feet sort (laughs) of uh so i was too big to be an astronaut by the time i was like 15 uh and when i was uh 14 my sister no i was 16 because i drove it there myself Uh, my sisters had a rabbit and there was something wrong with its neck 
and I took it to the vet and the vet had one of those like tinted back doors that looked on the whole big area mm. in the back. Uh, and it was heavily tinted and like a curious idiot, 16 year old, I put my hand up to the tent and looked in the back after mm. they'd taken the rabbit in the back and saw them pull a bot fly larva out of the neck of this rabbit. And that bot fly larva looked like it was like six feet long. Of course it wasn't. It was probably still like six inches or something. But I saw that, thought about all the poop that you have to deal with as a veterinarian. And I went, nah, that's not really for me. <laughs> you saw what a veterinarian had to do on a daily basis and decided, no, I, I was lying to y'all. Yeah. I don't want to be a vet. Yeah, I wanted to do it when it was petting dogs and uh, <laughs> right. dogs and cats. Like, Oh, I get to play with animals all day? Right. Perfect. Sign me up. What do you mean I got to do? You realized then you were an animal lover, not a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> so that was out. And uh, so then I pursued everything else except for stand-up comedy until I was nearly 30. And uh, finally I bit the bullet and I've been doing it ever since. All right. Six. When's the last time you stayed up until 6 a.m. at least? Last night. You were up till six? Yeah, I, when I say when I say that my anxiety is really bad, uh, I I had to make sure I ate. What time I was had, the dirty rice? Uh, the dirty rice was uh, like the, 4 30, 5 o'clock. Okay, so that was in the afternoon. No, no, four thirty, five o'clock last. Yeah, this. That morning. was when you ate the leftovers. Yeah. No, but when did you start cooking the like doing all that part? Like at just normal dinner hour? Uh, no, we uh we started. We had our uh, our pre-production meeting at one, and uh, we were finished with all the cooking and everything by seven thirty, because we did dirty rice and stuffed bell peppers. Okay, did you do so seven thirty until you ate leftovers at five thirty? Are we video gaming? Are we Netflixing? Uh, so some of it, like I said, some of it was setting up my equipment, adjusting everything, making sure that, uh, I had reduced traffic noise and echo as much as I possibly can <laughs> finding the windscreen for my microphone. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. Going through the settings, checking, I had to pull up three different programs cause I didn't trust any particular programs playback of the microphone. Cause I used to do a podcast for a long time and we always had trouble with this stuff. So I was like, I, no, I'm going to make sure my settings are right. Well, I'll give you credit. You've got it dialed in. It sounds great. Oh, thank you. I, I actually know exactly where my chin and nose should be in comparison <laughs> to my mic. <laughs> I don't, I'm way off mic right now. I'm awful right now. And you're all paying attention. All right. So, so it wasn't even a party. You just were stayed up for anxiety. Yeah, yeah, that's generally what it is. Uh, cause it's also because I can't like I've got alcohol. Here I was about to house. say, did you drink it all to help? I didn't, and that's the thing is like I knew at two o'clock I was like, uh, I could start drinking right now, but I'll definitely be up till three thirty, four o'clock if I start drinking right now to get drunk enough to go to sleep, and then I may still be drunk while we're talking tomorrow. Do you think you would be the first person drunk on this show? Oh no, no. In <laughs> fact, uh, in fact, when I got up because I didn't drink last night, and this is this was eventually the deal I had to make with myself. I was like, okay, I'm not going to drink so that I'm not hungover and and stupid tomorrow. But if I don't drink tonight, as soon as I wake up and brush my teeth and have my first cup of coffee, I can start drinking whiskey. 
Okay. All right. What whiskey did you drink? Uh, I've got a bottle of wild turkey that I'm polishing okay. off. Like a true Southern gentleman. <laughs> All right, here we go. Five, uh, five, five finger discount. What's the last thing you stole? Uh, big booty Judy's man's heart. He <laughs> did. I'm gonna mark you down for that. I'll give you credit for that. Actually, you don't want to admit to anything you've stole. It was probably your dog's heart, really, because uh, <laughs> you did. Hank, Hank loved it. I lost you to Hank last time I saw you. Uh, yeah, no, probably pins or something like that. Like it, I, I like the uh, <laughs> pins. I like my dumb romantic answer better. <laughs> All right, number four, Mount Rushmore of Little Debbie. So your top four Little Debbie cakes of all time. This one will get you some hate mail. I know. Uh, I know, and because I was thinking about this, and I was like, I'm not even sure if some of these are Little Debbie. Oh, uh, no. My, I thought about looking it up, but I was like, no, I'm going to play it straight. I'm going to admit to not know. I'm going to admit to my ignorance and let it happen. Uh, and my anxiety was like, look it up, you fool. Look it up. <laughs> All right, so, what do we got? Number one. They don't, I, oh, and I'll, I'll give you credit if it helps your anxiety. You don't have to put them in order. I just just need four, okay? I mean, you can if you want, but I like to tell everybody, I just need four to fill the spots. Okay. Uh, number one, though, even without doing the rest of them in any sort of order, number one, definitely oatmeal cream pies. Okay. I love oatmeal cream pies. An OG. Cookies. All right, nice. Uh, number two, uh, are, well, for the other three, I'm going to go with the cupcakes. Okay. The standard black cupcake with the, with the white with, little thing on it. Oh, yeah, and the filling okay. inside. Perfect. Uh, Those are called cream-filled chocolate cupcakes. <laughs> That's exactly what Little Debbie calls them. So I apparently I like snacks that uh, sound like they could be porno titles. <laughs> okay. I don't want to know about oatmeal cream pie. That seems like some gilf stuff there. <laughs> I like a Swiss roll. <laughs> the Swiss cake roll. Okay. Yeah. Uh so far, and you're then, not you're you're pretty good. You you're not getting any hate mail yet. So this is the one that I think is controversial. Mm. I used to get these at gas stations around here. They are Red Devil Twinkies. Uh, instead of yellow sponge cake, okay. it's Red Devil cake. Okay, so it's the it's the Red Twinkie basically. Yeah, and I loved those things um hostess did hostess get bought by you might have a pass hostess might have got bought by um by little debbie i don't know that they were even hostess i think they were more off brand than that because well, they got bluebird guests. i remember the bluebird had the red velvet ones yeah maybe or mrs that freshley's it. something yeah one of those two it was <laughs> it definitely wasn't one of the big two uh, but I, I didn't even look up like what companies got bought out. I was like, no, I like these so much. That's going to be on my Mount Rushmore. Okay. But they can't, it's not little Debbie's. Yeah. Yeah. But fudge I rounds, mean, donuts, honey bun, nutty buddy. Look, a fudge rounds. Okay. Uh, uh, honey Ze buns fine. Zebra oh, you cake. know what? You know what? I will go back and I will say that if, if this was 20 years ago, I would have said honey buns okay. because when they used to keep honey buns at Waffle House, okay, and they used to do that fried steamed honey bun. You're in on that? Yeah. 
Okay. Well, let's go. Let's throw honey bun in so you can stick with it. No zebra <laughs> cake or Christmas tree cake or star crunch. Nah, nah, not really. I, none of those are bad. I just, they're not mine. All right. So you're going chocolate, cream filled chocolate cupcakes. You're going oatmeal cream pie, Swiss cake yep. roll. You, yep. Technically your fourth favorite is a, is a Twinkie red velvet or red devil's cake, but to keep it in the little Debbie family, we're putting you down for a honey bun for a honey bun. All right. Yeah. Number three, three albums on a deserted island. You only get three albums for the rest of your life. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic. Okay. Strong. Uh, great album. Uh, Dave Brubeck Quartet, Take Five. Whoa. I did not see that coming. Yeah, I mean, that's such a... That's such an interesting and long... Take Five itself is such a good song. And if you only got three albums for the rest of your life, you need some contrast in there. You do. You do need to switch it up. Um, so I think, I think one thing about that, when I ask this question with people, I think, uh, sometimes, uh, greatest hits albums are overlooked because we're used to saying our favorite albums, but I'm, I'm saying that's the only thing you got to listen to. So yeah. I definitely think variety is a good, good key in this. Yeah, and I thought about that. There's some there's some anthologies and stuff that I probably would like, but honestly, through the course of my life, that Blood Sugar Sex Magic album by Red Hot Chili Peppers has sat in CD players and car stereos yeah. for so long at any given stretch. And that's why I know my third one would be uh, NoFX... Uh, and this is where it gets hard is which album by no effects. I think today punk and Drublick on today, I'm going to go Heavy with Petting so Zoo. long and thanks for all the shoes. Okay. So long and thanks for all the shoes. 97. 1997 was that jam. Yeah. So you I didn't see no effects. I should have known you were a punk guy though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't look it and I've never like repped it really hard, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I love punk rock. All right. So we're giving you no effects. Uh, so long and thanks for the shoes. Thanks for all the shoes. We're going Dave Brubeck. Take five. Yep. Take five. And we're going blood sugar, sex magic. By the yeah. Chili and thanks for not, thanks for not like drilling down on which recording of take five. We're just going to go. <laughs> What is there? Multiple ones? Oh my God! Yes, there are so many. And is that his jam? Is it one of those that yeah. I, I will hear and recognize, or is it is it yeah. a deep cut? Yeah, no, that is definitely. If you're gonna hear some jazz stuff like that, that's I think pieces of it have been in movies and uh, things like that. That is definitely not a deep cut at all. Okay, it's in the Grammy Hall of Fame. I'm looking it up. <laughs> uh, how about this? It's the best-selling, biggest-selling jazz single ever, or was at the time for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, that that's makes crazy. Sort of yeah, uh, I love it. Uh, it like brings back it. It brings back my childhood because my dad listened to a bunch of jazz and stuff like that. But at the same time, that was not one of the ones that he listened to regularly. I definitely heard it when I was a kid. It was one of the first like jazz recordings that i found on my own 
How about here's a crazy one? Uh, he died in 1977. Um, the original writer of the song who had the uh, royalties to it. Yeah. Uh, um, and he uh, left the rights to American Red Cross, who averages over $100,000 in royalties from that song. Awesome. That's that's fantastic. That's, that's a even killer more move. Than... Yeah. Everybody go download it and download to the donate to the Red Cross. That's strong. Yeah. Look at Tom Hand giving giving us <laughs> giving us all kind of deep cuts. All right, number two, if you're a wrestler, who would be your tag team partner, not your opponent? Who do you want on your team going in as a tag team? Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> well, I thought you usually pick a wrestler. You went Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, I'm not a wrestler either. But that's uh, <laughs> why so I figured you would rely on a wrestler to help you out. Yeah, I. Uh, okay. I haven't really liked wrestling since I was in high school. Like, I, I don't. I understand why people. Th- there's like this baroque storytelling style that happens with wrestling. That's that's like, it, it's been around for so long because human beings are, are conditioned to understand and love that type of narrative, but it just doesn't hit me where i live sure uh, but hunter why so, do you think hunter's gonna be a good tag team partner so i my thought on this was we might lose every match that we're in no you will okay but on the other hand <laughs> i have to spend more time hanging out with my tag team partner okay than i have to in the ring she so just want to hang with hunter yeah i Plus, plus there's a good, like, there's a story hook for our, uh, we would definitely be the accidental good guys. <laughs> we would come out trying to be the bad guys, okay. but we'd be fighting the system right. and drunk. Very, uh, very drunk. Very drunk. Okay. So not far from a lot of wrestlers back in the day. Yeah. Fear yeah. and loathing in wrestling is, is what's next. Your next, your next story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's our tag team name, right? Is, Thought, uh, fear and loathing. Oh, you yes, and of course with your anxiety, your fear. Yeah, uh, and he's loathing. And w- yeah, because he would loathe me. <laughs> he would loathe <laughs> you. All right, so we got Hunter. I, you know, Hunter Helmsley would have been a good one, but uh, you you went you uh, went Hunter S. Thompson. All right, and first one, uh, number one. Uh, being a comedian, who is your number one comedy idol? Hard to narrow down for some people, but uh, give me somebody that's in the running at least. All right. So you get this question all the time, too, I'm sure. Well, yes. I, I think every every comic gets asked this probably more than anything else. Who's your and, idol? And, Who's your favorite comic? Who are you trying to be like? Yeah. The whole deal. Yeah. So uh, I get asked this so much, and I finally figured it out uh, probably last year or the year before. My current comedy idol is whoever I'm currently watching at a live show. And I really do. I I mean that as long as someone's not bombing on stage, I'm pretty much in the audience watching them going, man, they're so good at this. I wish I could be that good. They're doing this so well and they're doing this so well. And the way that worked together, if I'm not busy in the back of the club doing a hundred different things, and I'm sitting there watching, I am idolizing whoever's on stage because they are where I want to be. They're doing what I want to do. 
and I have enough of the skill and experience to really appreciate the amount of work and artistry that's going into what's coming out of of their performance. It's definitely, if you've ever even attempted stand-up, you definitely watch stand-up comedy in a new light. If Even if you've just tried it and didn't work out, do a couple open mics, you will you will watch it differently. And then the more experience you have, like you said, you, you start watching it even more differently. Um, yeah. you know, some, sometimes people go, man, they're like, you didn't laugh. And I'm like, I'll say that. Oh, they were hilarious. And they're like, I didn't hear you laugh. And I'm like, oh, well I was analyzing. I start, yeah. you start analyzing what they're doing. Like you said, you, you figured out why they went there. I'll start going in my head. We'll go, I know how this joke's going to end. And usually It'll take, if it takes a left and, and ends somewhere else, that's when I really die laughing yeah. is I'm like, oh yeah, that was a good turn right there. Yeah. When, when they surprise you, but there's, there is an intellectual joy when you get to a certain level of it that, that you can really appreciate. Like it, it's like why some people read classic books. It's not because that book is necessarily so so good compared to modern books. There are some great modern stuff that could potentially stand up to some of the, some of the classics, but there's an intellectual joy of exploring that, that mindscape that's being put out, that has been put out by somebody. And when I'm at a live show, it doesn't happen so much when I'm watching stuff on Netflix, but I've noticed this is whoever I'm watching at a live show that's my comedy idol. I walk away from that show and I think, man, how can I do it? Like they, how could I change how I do things and incorporate the, the mechanics and the particular ways that they're doing things to make an amalgamation of my current self, their current self and become a better comic. So I idolize anybody who gets on that stage and does well, even, even at open mics and stuff, when my friends are up there and they're doing something and they've got an audience, just they've got them by the, by the teeth mm -hmm. and they're just hanging on every single word. I'll idol. I idolize my friends when I see that. I think it makes me good at producing shows because I can genuinely give like real compliments. Strong Tom Han, I agree with you, man. It's a uh, just being able to watch it. You appreciate all the hard work and and passion that's going into it, and you know where they're coming from and what it took to get there. And uh, it's a, I agree with you, man. Good call, good answer. Good. Uh, it was a non-answer, but it was a good answer. Oh, I'm sorry. I, like it is really what it is really how I think about this stuff yeah. now. But I. I also like I work comedy, your comedy career experience is completely different than mine because I work at the club and I see so many different acts mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, one having this kind of mercenary mentality of, I had my guys that I looked up to and, and, uh, people who I admired and stuff like that. When I started, I still have some people that I try and be more like than others, but really I idolize these people. And that's one of the things that helps me work at the club. I yeah. think if I, 
I think if I didn't view it this way, working at a club and not being on the stage all the time would, would kill me. <laughs> I think it's terrible. And, <laughs> and again, be, it, it's so it's true. And it helps me when, when someone comes off stage and they ask, how did I do? I can legitimately look at them and go, that was fantastic. That was great. I really like how you did this thing or that thing or the other thing. And you, you know how it is. You, you have an idea in your head of what your set was like, but if somebody can, if someone says something more than just, Hey, good setup there, you know, they paid attention. Correct. And sometimes just having one person give you one compliment where they actually paid attention to your set. That's all you need for another week of people staring at you. Like in the words <laughs> of Bill Hicks, a dog being shown a card trick. <laughs> That's uh, great stuff. Yes, a hundred percent agree. I'm all in on that. Uh, Tom Han, uh, that gives that's you know that's like you said that's the passion of working at the club. You got passionate people there, and it's uh it's why I had you on today. It's why you've uh, uh, become the operations manager at Stand Up Live Huntsville, and it's why we are hoping to help you guys out for entertaining us, uh, and we want to take care of you guys as well till we all get back to normal. And then we'll put you guys back on the spot and uh, make you sing and dance and laugh and bring us food again and all enjoy it together. So the link for the GoFundMe to go directly to Stand Up Live uh, is in the link to this uh, episode. It's up on our social media as well. If you want to just shoot them a Venmo, it's at StandUpLive-H-U-N-T-S-Hunts with a no veal on the end. Venmo is StandUpLive-Hunts. Or, of course, you can go to the live streaming event Bumps, Bruises, and Bedtime Stories. It's hosted by John Hamm with NHL alumni Stu Grimson, John, Jim McKenzie, Kelly Chase, and more. And if you're listening to it the week this episode drops, that'll be Friday, April 24th, 7 p.m. Central. You can watch it live on Facebook or YouTube. And uh, the proceeds, you can tell them where it goes. It's either going to go to Zanies in Nashville or Stand Up Live in Huntsville, two great clubs in the South. And uh, like you said, Tom, every little bit helps. If it's a dollar, if it's five, it's for the hundred. Doesn't matter. It's all going into the pot and all going to help everyone uh, get through this thing together, man. Thanks for uh, hooking up with me. Uh, all your anxiety paid off. Questions, answers were great. <laughs> Sound was great. We rock this thing and hopefully hopefully we get some kind of funds uh, get, getting down to the club, man. Yeah, uh, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much for what you do and everything that you're doing for us. And also, guys, if you can't donate anything, that's fine. Putting eyes on this puts it out there in a way. All the algorithms out there go off of how many people are watching. So if you don't have any money, but you have some time you can throw our way, throw your time at watching this thing. You're going to be super entertained. It's going to get out to more people. We appreciate any little help, whether it's time, money, or what Casio does. Shake, uh, yeah, sh- uh, share it, like it, retweet it, the whole deal. That'll get it more spread out, and some it'll hit somebody that can uh, is in a position to donate uh, now as well. So, and like we said, it's free. You don't have to donate to watch the show. Just yeah. watch it, enjoy it, and uh, donate if you can. Tom, appreciate it, brother, and uh, look forward not only to seeing you again, but uh, seeing you at the club uh, doing your thing again, man. That means we're all getting closer back to normal. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it.
I'm Dave Silva with Save with Conrad. Yeah, what's up, man? I've been telling you for a long time that SaveWithConrad.com can save you money, but don't take my word for it. Stephen, what made you come to Save with Conrad? To be honest, it was just listening to the podcast. Some, you know, a couple um, financial issues that I wanted to get out of, and you know, some credit card debt, and I had some medical debt, and I basically just sent an email, and next thing you know, I got a call probably an hour later. Was there anything? specific that Conrad mentioned on the podcast that kind of triggered you to make that call? Yeah, just consolidating debt. I mean, that was one of the things that I was really looking for was to kind of not have, you know, payments all over the place and, you know, having interest really uh, put a damper on things. What was your favorite part about working with the team? Um, I'd have to say, I, I mean, probably how fast they responded to things. You know, I was refinancing, so, you know, I had some worries about a couple things and you know, he answered all my questions and just helped me feel feel more, um, I don't know, more confident about the process, you know. Now, how much money were we able to save you in this whole process? I mean, I look at it at least, at least $50,000, at the very least. If you could, would you recommend this to a friend or a family member? I recommended it to my mom because she, she didn't believe that I was actually refinancing and, you know, was able to save that much money. That's tremendous. That's wonderful to hear. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the 500s can be approved. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention you could skip your next two house payments? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084 Equal Housing Lenders. Woo!